This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You're locked on Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. He me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you're hearing today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well, and that would be much, much appreciated. We got a trade to announce. Yes, we do. A big one. Uh, Just kidding. It wasn't the big one. But look, the Leafs made an addition. They went and they added Riley Nash from the Columbus Blue Jackets for a conditional seventh round pick. The condition is that the pick upgrades to a six rounder if Nash appears in 25% of Leafs playoff games this season. Um, The reason why I say like it was a big trade, I was joking mainly, but because this gives the Leafs two things. One, gives them depth. This is a a bottom six player, very uh, defensive-minded, like just straight up that's what he is. He's a... um, an incredibly dependable guy in his own zone, very responsibly defensive in his own zone, but doesn't give you much on the other side of the ice. So, you know, it's just somebody who can just give you a little bit of depth uh, going forward. But the big thing that this trade does and why Riley Nash specifically was an important addition to this team is because he is on LTIR and will be out for the next four to six weeks, pretty much until the playoffs or till the playoffs actually, so with him going on LTIR, that $2.5 million cap space that they just traded for actually gives them an additional $2.5 million in cap, right? So it gives them a bunch of, of cap space, and it allows them to maybe make a more sizable deal or make additional moves as the trade deadline progresses till Monday. So that's that's big, right? So two things. Give this team depth. A, a, a player who could play in your bottom six and, and can give you some some good uh, depth and, and potentially if they do end up moving on from Alex Kerfoot, this is the guy who can easily take his spot. Easily take his spot. Both on the penalty kill and in the bottom six, whether it be in the third or fourth line, however they decide to do it. But Nash for Kerfoot, easy swap. Uh, he's a UFA at the end of the season. His money would come off the books and uh, obviously, Kerfoot has not been dealt yet. He wasn't part of this trade. But I'm just saying, a move like this is almost like a precursor to something else happening. And bringing in a guy like Nash specifically, you know, that is somebody where now if you move on from Kerfoot, you already have his replacement waiting in the wings, just waiting for the playoffs to come. Because um, he's going to be on LTIR. He's got a knee, uh, a knee sprain and isn't going to be playing. But uh, here's a couple of tweets just to kind of... Uh, Talk about how savvy of a move this is and kind of is like Brandon Pridham at work right here. So Puckpedia came out and said that the Leafs acquired 31-year-old forward Riley Nash for a conditional seventh. Right. The Leafs will place Nash and they, I don't know if they have placed Fred Anderson. I looked into it. I couldn't find anything on it. But the Leafs have placed Nash on LTIR, allowing them to exceed the cap hit 
Um, it says here Nash and Anderson, allowing them to exceed the cap hit by $7.5 million. Now, why is it $7.5 million? Because that's Nash's 2 and, a half and Anderson's $5 million combined. Going to LTIR, now they can exceed that cap by 7.5, which gives them uh, $5.8 million more in an annual cap hit that they can still go out and add. So they now have almost $6 million to go out and add a couple of pieces. So if you want to get a guy like Taylor Hall, which is a, a big name that people are throwing around, you can do that. And even if, if they take 50% off, you still have $1.8 million and you could add another decent depth defenseman. Or you could go out and get yourself that third goalie, um, an upgrade at Hutchinson. You know, everyone's talking about that. So this, it kind of is interesting. And I got to do some more digging because, again, th- this tweet talks about Anderson going on LTIR, but I haven't seen anything about it. But there has been the conversation about whether or not the Leafs would consider putting him on LTIR because of the way that Campbell is playing and the way that this team is playing right now. And would they be better off moving him to LTIR, opening up that additional cap space for the deadline, and allow them to make a sizable move? And it'll just put them in a much better position going into the playoffs, and then he can come off along with with uh, Riley Nash in the playoffs, much like how Tampa's doing with Nikita Kucherov, and now it doesn't matter against the cap, right? The cap goes away once the playoffs gets here. Um, and here's another interesting little wrinkle to, I guess, what may have went down today and why Brandon Pridham is just such a cap genius. So... Despite being on IR in Columbus, Cap Friendly put out a tweet and said, Toronto still had to be able to fit Nash under the cap before placing him on IR or LTIR. And the assumption is that the Leafs made a recall of a goaltender to get close to the ceiling, and then they placed Anderson on IR that acquired Nash still under the ceiling, and then place Nash on LTIR. So I guess they're still trying to confirm whether or not that is actually what happened, but this is just like the type of cap gymnastics that needed to go down for this Nash trade to actually go happen. Like, although you're acquiring somebody who's on IR and, like, that cap isn't going to count, when you get him on your team, he comes as an active player, and he still is going to have to be under the cap for you. Uh, so there was some other moves that had to have been made that, I, I you know, paper deals, obviously. Um, and we'll see what ends up happening there. But just goes to show how, you know, this team does some interesting things to open up cap space. They get super duper creative. You know, what Kyle Dubas and Brandon Pridham can do to try and, and open up cap space and allow them to make certain moves is incredible and and it's you know ownership allows them to make those moves because they allow them to spend money you know yeah sure there are some owners out there that are are such a cap team that's like yeah you're not going much over the bottom of the cap where you have the or the 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 cap floor or you have the maple leafs in toronto who for years are like yeah spend as much money as you need to go over the cap go into ltir pick up a david savard pick up a mark uh um, like, like they just keep picking up guys on LTIR and they pay them uh, and 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 away you go. So, you know, it's just it's it's amazing what uh, what this team is willing to do to win and hopefully it can pay off. Right. 
so what what can we expect from Riley Nash, though? Well, we're not going to expect to see him at all during the regular season. We, we somewhat know that uh, because of how these cap implications are at $2.75 million, You're not going to be able to bring him on the team unless, well, unless like Kerfoot goes out, that someone goes out the door or you don't make another move at the deadline. And and I would be shocked if this is the lone move that's made here at the deadline. Uh, But what can we expect in him once he does play? Well, I think he will play. I think they they like him. They like what he brings into the mix. Uh, He's a solid bottom six player. He can play. He's got versatility, can play in the wing, can also play down the middle. But responsibility in his own zone is really his niche. He's not going to give you much offense. But he leads the league in takeaways per 60 and has an, uh, a really, really solid expected goals against, like a negative expected goals against. So when he's on the ice, uh, it's he's extremely defensive-minded. Kills penalties, um, can take face-offs. Like I said, he is somebody who, if they decide that they end up moving on from Alex Kerfoot, which I've been a big, you know, I've discussed that a lot. Uh, Rodney Nash can take that position right away, right? He can play the wing, he can play center, and he can kill penalties. Three things that Kerfoot has been asked to do. Is he a guy that could go up and play in your top six, something that Kerfoot's done so far this season? No, he's not. But I think now you think about, you have Galchenyuk, a guy like, Mikheyev can go up and play if you need him, and they're probably going to make another addition at the deadline, um, whether it's a, a Taylor Hall or um, an I- Alex Ayafalo, someone I've talked about a lot, or a guy who I've brought up on the last podcast, Jaden Schwartz, maybe even, or Mike Hoffman, two UFAs out in St. Louis. It, it, it you know, you don't need Kerfoot to go up in your top six anymore. Plus, you'll have the opportunity to also put Nick Robertson back in uh, in the playoffs if, if you need somebody as well. So there'll be a lot of options to go if you decide to move on, on from Kerfoot. But a big-time smart move, not just to acquire depth after losing a guy like Travis Boyd and losing a guy like Jimmy VC. Now you you are building that depth up again, but he's someone who you stick on your LTIR and you just create cap space for the deadline. Like they legitimately just opened up an additional two and a half million dollars in cap. It's, it's smart. It is genius, genius work here by Brandon Pridham. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Rachel Dory, who said, this is Pridham, Pridham, Pridhamomics at work. It took me a second to get it out there, but Pridonomics at work, and uh, that's exactly what it was. Very smart move, um, and, and this is, to me, a precursor of a bigger deal that's going to come. Again, like I said, whether that's a Hall, a Schwartz, a Hoffman, um, maybe they, they go and grab themselves a, another defenseman. I know uh, David Savard is somebody who a lot, a lot of people are, are talking about potentially going out and adding. You know, So there are, I think, additional moves that will come. And this is just a precursor to that deal. They're adding space so that they can fill it. So, um, again, we won't see him for the remainder of the regular season. And we'll most likely see him in the playoffs. And if he plays 25%, it costs you a 2022 six-round pick. A 2022 six-round pick to basically get an additional $2.5 million in cap space this season... That is an amazing price, unreal price 
Uh, so good on the Leafs, getting that deal done. Uh, very smart move made by them. And it's the second trade this year so far that they've made with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Remember, there was that deal with Miko Lettinen that they made, bringing in uh, Vianney Vivalainen. So I wonder if conversation you know, kind of kept going on from there. Maybe they had interest in him at the time, but weren't quite ready to make that move. Um, or potentially there's conversation still ongoing with a, a Nick Felino or somebody else, a David Savard, potentially they're still talking about. And this is just a deal that they wanted to get done before making any other additional or substantial moves because they just had to get that cap that cap relief before bringing in. So if you wanted to make a move where you brought in a guy like uh, David Savard, who's making over $4 bucks, they wouldn't have been able to do that because it's not like Riley, because that would be his money at $4 million plus Riley Nash's at two and a half. You've got to try and fit both of those under the cap, where now you can just shove Nash, bring him in under the cap, put him on LTIR, and you've expanded your cap now up over $5 million, and I think I saw it's up to 5.8 in current cap space. Now you can make those moves. So uh, smart, smart move. We'll see what is to come in the next 48 hours. Um, Later on in the podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think other teams within the Canadian division are going to do. So we'll kind of do a bit of a, a preview of the other teams in the North division and what their plans are going into the deadline. We'll, we'll decide who are the buyers, who are the sellers, what do they need? Who are some guys that might be out the door and what's going on uh, within the rest of the division and more so the guys or the teams that are going to be battling with Toronto down the stretch. Um, as we, as we get the, the final run here towards the playoffs. But before I do, uh, I, also have an update on the William Nylander COVID situation. So we're going to hear a word from our show sponsors. And when we return, I'll let you know what's going on with Nylander and what the protocols are with him and when we'll see him next on the ice. And we'll do that after a word from our sponsors. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast. You want to stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano. And uh, so William Nylander has, so we know that he didn't play the other day because he was deemed a close contact. And good on Nylander, it seems like actually what happened was he legitimately just came out and said, hey, look, I know uh, someone who I'm close with, they actually tested positive. And it's kind of an honor system, uh, tested positive, what are the protocols? And then he said, well, you've got to now uh, take a couple more tests, go into isolation, we're not going to play you tonight, and we'll see where we go from there. And I guess today he officially entered protocol once the person who tested positive around him was confirmed. They had a second uh, positive tests, so they were confirmed to uh, have COVID-19. So now he enters protocol, and he will not be available for seven days. So Nylander hits the COVID, and he is the first Maple Leaf 
to hit the COVID list. And uh, luckily, he uh, he apparently, as of now, has tested negative himself. Uh, but regardless, still due to COVID and, and the way that we kind of know how things work, you don't technically test positive like the day you get it, right? So to be safe, they want a, a seven days of negative tests. And then I think I saw he's got to test negative um, each of those days, right, Le- leading up to it. So uh, that's that's kind of the situation with, with William Nylander. We won't see him for a week and because of this, uh, Sheldon Keefe has actually kind of brought the, the blender out. And we're going to see some new look lines, it looks like, coming up in this matchup against the Ottawa Senators. Um, and, and it seems like Zach Hyman has been moved back down with John Tavares and Ilya Mikheyev. And then today at practice... Alexander Galchenya getting a shot on the top line with Matthews and Marner. So Chucky moving all the way up to the top line of the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the best teams in the league, the best team in Canada. And this guy has just been gifted an opportunity to somewhat like revive his career. He's done a great job with Willie and with uh, with JT, I think. Um, and most people agree with that. And he, and he's actually, now they want to see, well, let's see what he can do with Marner and Matthews and see what that's all about. Uh, so he's going to get an opportunity to to play with those guys. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up scoring a goal. Like, the guy can shoot the puck. And if Marner can put it on his stick, I, I like the odds of that. I, 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 I mean, why not? Just see what it looks like. You, you have so many games in hand. Um, you had so many points. Uh, there's a, a big lead between you and and Edmonton and, and with Winnipeg for the division lead. You can experiment a little bit and kind of see what it looks like, especially since now with the deadline coming up, you want to know what you have in Galchenyuk and kind of see if, okay, what can he do with a different line? Is it just he's having good chemistry with Tavares or maybe he can, we can, this is somebody who we can kind of put up and down the lineup a little bit. So I, I like the... The the move there, we'll see. I'm not a fan of... All right, let me actually say it this way. I like giving Galchenyuk the opportunity to see what he's got. I understand it. Um, you know, kind of just testing the waters uh, type deal, like I said. However, I also don't like the fact that they're taking Hyman off that line. We know that line works pretty well. Like, in my opinion, I wouldn't try touching it. That said, with Nylander gone, I think uh, Tony actually said this yesterday... He he's under the impression that you got to give Tavares someone and something, and you know as good as Galchenyuk's been, he's not a guy that's going to help drive a line for you and give him a little bit of help by sliding Hyman back down and, and allow JT and Hyman to kind of do their thing, and then you move Chucky back up um, with Matthews and Marner. So that's what we're going to see tomorrow night as they take on the Ottawa Senators. So that's really interesting to me that. Uh, that that's going to be the case. Uh, it looks like everything else is going to be pretty status quo. Um, obviously, uh, still no word on what's going to be going on with with Anderson. Jack Campbell should start in net um, based on the fact that he did his media rounds today. So I, he was on overdrive. I believe he was on uh, Tim and Friends as well. And if he was injured uh, or planned on having a rest day tomorrow, I mean, I, I don't think they would have allowed him to to go out and do the media rounds. They probably just would have said, ah, he's not feeling it. He's he's having some soreness. So it uh, sounds like Jack Campbell will start, and, and that would be a third game in a row. 
if I'm not mistaken, looking to extend that streak to 11 straight wins to start the season. And we know that the Ottawa Senators are somewhat of a a tough team to put away for the Maple Leafs for whatever reason. You know, they play real tough. They get up in your face. They take away all the space, and they don't allow, you know, guys like Marner and Matthews and Nylander and Tavares and... You know this te- this lineup as a whole to to break into the break into the offensive zone with speed. They don't give them much space to try and clog up the neutral zone and and collapse on them. And and they don't really give them much. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know if if they can still get that win and keep Jack Campbell's unbeaten streak alive and extend it to eleven and zero. I uh, for a prediction, I suppose, before I I move on and talk about the the trade deadline, I'm going to predict that they do because, well, let's face it, all Jack Campbell does is win. All he does is win, win, win. So uh, no matter what, <laughs> and I think they do it again, and they're playing well, and you know Galchenyuk. I got a sneaky suspicion that this guy's going to look really good, probably going to score, and Hyman will probably also get a puck over to Tavares for him to score a goal too, and uh, it, it, it'll look good. I think they'll they'll end up taking the victory there um, in in what would be the the final game before the trade deadline. Uh, speaking of trade deadline, coming up on the other side. Uh, I'm going to take a peek around the North Division, kind of see who the buyers are, who the sellers are, and uh, maybe what we could see, what moves or type of moves we could see each team doing uh, going into the deadline on Monday. So we'll do that after we're from our show sponsors. You're listening to Locked On Leafs from the Locked On Podcast Network. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their how'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you. And just a reminder that this is a daily podcast, and you can download the podcast each and every day from your favorite podcast provider. Just make sure you hit subscribe, and that'll come right to your device. Um, Also, just a reminder that on Monday, I will be putting out my mailbag. It'll be a Monday morning mailbag. Uh, We've had a bunch of questions come in, uh, but still looking for some more. And uh, probably going to end up making it somewhat of a trade deadline special as well. Obviously, with the deadline being Monday afternoon, uh, we'll get that out in the morning. And so send me... You know, send me some deals that you're thinking about. Is there a player or a package that's on your mind that you want to get my opinion on? Send that to me, and then I'll chat about it in the mailbag. That's kind of what it's for, and we'll talk about uh, a bunch of other trades and trade deadline topics that uh, have come along with the mailbag. So make sure you send that. But uh, let's let's get to this North Division trade deadline preview 
And so we got seven teams in this division. So obviously Toronto, they're buyers. I think what we saw today with bringing in um, bringing in Riley Nash, giving them some added cap space with the LTIR. I mean, that signals to me that they're going to be buyers. They're going to make a move, if not a couple, and look to really bolster this team and, and go for it. They've got the team. They've got the power. I think they should, and I think they will. So that's that's Toronto, right? We've talked about them quite a bit, obviously, here on the Lockdown Lease pod. But what about the other remaining six teams? So I think it's basically they're three and three, right? We got three other buyers in the division and three other sellers in the division. One, I, the Canucks, we'll start with the sellers, I guess, because I want to chat about the Canucks quickly. They're not really going to be sellers either. They're, they're a team that shouldn't, but will probably stand pat. Um, GM Jim Benning was was speaking with media today, and he mentioned that with all the the COVID stuff that the team has been going through over the last week and a bit, um, he doesn't expect there to be much movement from them at the deadline. They don't expect to be very active. Uh, their biggest trade chip in Tanner Pearson, they just locked up to a three year deal. So I, I'm also you know maybe thinking that we don't see much going on here. Uh, we'll see what happens with Vancouver. They could be stand pat mode when there are a couple guys who they could sell off like Jordy Ben they could move a guy like that uh, Brandon Sutter has been rumored to to there's been interest in him I think Saravalli mentioned that Edmonton could potentially be interested uh, in a guy like that Tyler Mott could be a nice little piece for a team looking to make a run uh, as a bottom six guy you know so they've got some pieces but I think because of the whole COVID situation, you have guys who have tested positive and are still kind of undergoing um, the process. I'm I'm not sure that they're going to be making many moves, and I don't know if a lot of teams are going to be making many calls to acquire their guys. So uh, the Canucks are going to be interesting. They should be sellers, but I'm not sure if they end will end up being sellers. Uh, the other two Canadian teams who for sure I think are going to sell off, um, the Ottawa Senators and the Calgary Flames. I think the Flames got a few pieces that they could look to move out. I'm thinking David Riddick would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good player to move out. Potentially he could be a guy that, I mean, if Toronto wants to add a pretty solid third goalie, he would be someone who would be interesting. Um, I th- also think about the Colorado Avalanche and how desperately they need some goaltending depth. So maybe Colorado uh, could be a place that that he lands, and I've also discussed this quite a bit, where I feel like Johnny Goudreau um, would kind of be a sneaky sell high type player. I guess it wouldn't be high, but sell him now so you could get a bigger premium to a team looking to acquire him because now they're paying for two cup runs as opposed to one because he does have an additional year left on his contract. So that's kind of a sneaky player who I'm going to have my eyes on. Um, I think they got a couple of defensemen who may end up uh, out the door. Sam Bennett, uh, Derek Ryan, a couple of of bottom six players who uh, potentially could be gone. So they've got some pieces that probably uh, will be attractive to some teams looking to build on their depth this season. So that that's I'm thinking that Calgary will probably and should sell. They've had a pretty porous year for what I expected. Um, Ottawa, yes, I think they'll sell, but I don't know if they have much. Like they're a pretty young team as is, and they got a 
uh, like a three pack of pending UFA veteran defensemen that uh, maybe one or maybe two even could go. Uh, and Good Branson, Mike Riley, and uh, Braden Coburn. I'd be shocked if they sent Good Branson out the door only because he's got $4 million cap hit. And any team bringing him in would probably want them to keep half of that. And he's a guy who wears a letter and is, and is like a good locker room dude, a good glue guy. And I think that he's somebody who the Sens actually like. And if they're going to retain money and only get like a, a mid-round pick for him, they probably keep him. That said, I believe that um, Coburn and Mike Riley, however, could be had for a mid-round pick. I think those are two decent uh, depth defensemen who could go and be out the door. And, and whether or not the Leafs would be interested in one of those guys, maybe a Brayden Coburn who does have some playoff pedigree. Not saying that he could supplant anybody on the on the ice right now, but if you're looking... You know, for a, a seventh or an eighth defenseman, just to kind of add to your your roster and, and add to your repertoire, that's somebody who you might be interested in. Maybe a Mike Riley as well. Um, so, those are your sellers: Ottawa, Calgary, somewhat Vancouver. We'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, your buyers: Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Montreal. I think the one that makes the most sense and is in like. Must buy, if you don't make these moves, you're failing at your job, would be with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, I think Kevin Dayoff owes it to his team, owes it to his fan base, his organization, to go out and get a couple of defensemen. They they need to do that. That is a pretty solid squad. We've we've witnessed that here in Toronto. They're a good team. That, that, you know, that forward group can contend with the best of them. And it's defensively where they struggle a little bit. And Hellebuck has just had to be hella awesome to be to get this team in the position that they're at. So I think if they get some help defensively, maybe a David Savard, maybe a Matthias Ekholm, maybe there's a couple other guys that that you know aren't really talked about as much, but could be had. I think that they should be interested. That's for sure. They should be interested. Um, so that's where I think Winnipeg needs to go get themselves, if not one, two defensemen to. Uh, to kind of help with that team. And they got the picks and prospects to do it, too. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but they're definitely the team that I'm going to be having an eye on. Certainly, I think they're the team that's the biggest threat to the Maple Leafs in the division. And if they do end up adding to that back end, that makes things a little more difficult for Toronto. That's for sure. Uh, Edmonton, they should probably add another depth piece. Like, when it's not McDavid and Dreisaitl scoring, it's no one scoring. So... They, the problem is they're also kind of right up against the cap, um, so I'm not sure how much space they're going to have to make a, a decent move. But I mean, if a guy like Mike Hoffman could get there, I think that would be a, a fantastic addition. Someone who just scores, and he could do that um, if they can make the the money work. I suppose I think that'd be a decent option for them. And then we get to Montreal, where. A week ago, I probably would have said, I doubt they do anything. Um, they made the move to acquire Eric Stahl. I like that move. I, I actually wanted Toronto to to make that trade, to be honest. And considering it only cost a three and a five, I really wish they made that deal. And they retained half his money, I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, Montreal, now that Brendan Gallagher is going to be out for, I think I saw like a month, maybe six weeks. Like, he could be out to the playoffs 
And because of that, and I believe he is going to be out to the playoffs actually with a broken thumb, because of that, they're in kind of the same situation with a Riley, Riley Nash here where they toss him on LTIR and they pick up all that cap space. So to me, I, I think they may now be in position to make a sizable addition. They were sniffing around on Taylor Hall back in the summer. Um, they could definitely use a left-wing goal scorer. Like, that's legitimately, if it's not a, like a number one center, which there's no number one centers out there unless they can make a random splash and pick up somebody who we didn't even know was available. Uh, if Unless that happens, I'm thinking uh, a goal-scoring wing threat would be big for them, and that's Taylor Hall, Mike Hoffman. Maybe they could be interested in Jaden Schwartz, a guy like that. So I think that they will make an addition. They now have the space to make a move. They've got quite a few prospects. Like this is a team that's drafted well over the last little bit and have acquired a lot of picks. So I I, I see I could see Berger Van making some moves. He likes to to be active out there. So uh yeah, I, I think that. Between Ottawa and Calgary selling off pieces, between Winnipeg looking to add Toronto, probably Montreal, Edmonton, I think, might be able to make a move. I think it'll be a rather active deadline for the North Division. I really think it will. I I think it'll be more active than we than than we're assuming. I think there's a lot of people not thinking that there's gonna be much going on. Um but I think there there's going to be a sizable amount of deals. I've heard some people say, like, there won't even be double-digit trades. I think that's preposterous. I think we do see it. Will we see in, like, the 20, 25, 27 mark where we've seen kind of on, like, the really busy deadlines? No. But somewhere between 10 to 15 trades, I think, is is probably where we're going to see hovering around, you know, like, 14 to 17 if we want to, if I want to give out a, a better number. Between 14 and 17 trades is is my estimate, assuming we don't see them over the weekend, um, which very well could happen. But that's kind of my estimate for the type of deadline we're going to see. But, you know, I'm excited. I love trade deadline season. Uh, I could sit here and talk about it for hours. Obviously, it's, it's taken up a lot of our time here on the podcast over the last little bit. It's going to continue taking up time on the pod. Uh, obviously, on Monday, we're going to do a, a pre-show and talk about it within the mailbag because there's a lot of questions pertaining to it. And then, obviously, we're going to be chatting about what happened, the post-deadline show, not only with the Maple Leafs, but also around the league and within the division and kind of what it means for Toronto uh, going forward. So, uh, yeah, lots of deadline moves expected I'm expecting it to be like a get like I said not busy but busier than than people are are discussing it's going to be like I, I I think so at least you let me know shoot me a message on Twitter and let me know if you think it's going to be busy or not at Mickey underscore Canuck but uh, that's into it for us here today on the podcast I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on these podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck follow the show at locked on Leafs and I'll be back with another episode on Monday like I said It'll be the mailbag episode, so get those questions in. I'm going to retweet it once again um, on my personal Twitter as well as the uh, Lockdown Leafs Twitter page as well. So make sure you answer those questions. 
or ask those questions, and I'll answer them right here on the air. Get your say uh, in what we're talking about. Um, and uh, until then, enjoy the game tomorrow night as well. Puck drop, 7 o'clock, Leafs and Sens in Ottawa. And I'll chat with you guys on Monday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.